Hey y'all, it's your girl Katie T with a quick word about today's episode. It is with Brianna Taylor's mom, Tamika Palmer. There's a little bit of background noise, but you can make out every word she's saying, a little bit of profanity, but it is raw and real, and you can feel her emotion as she deals every day with the loss of her baby girl. Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes. It is a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing every day, and I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And this is one that I am truly honored to be able to do today. Um, I have with me Tamika Palmer, who is Brianna's mom, Brianna Taylor. And um, I have been following this story as all of us have been. And I'm really honored that she's taking the time to speak with me today. So hi, Tamika. I hope it's okay to call you Tamika. How are you today? I am fine. Yes, it's definitely okay to call me Tamika. I prefer. Good, good. I, I really appreciate you for taking the time uh, to do this. It's been one that um, I've really wanted to to do for a while. And so we'll just go ahead and, and dive right in. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the day that you got the phone call um, about your daughter. What was that call like? What was that day like for you? Just walk us through what happened on that day. Uh, it was, you know, it, I got, it was a little after midnight. Um, and my phone rings and it's Kenny, uh, Brianna's boyfriend calling. And it's, you know, it wasn't unusual for him to call me at that time of night, him or her, because they would all the time to see where I was or what I was doing. So, um, I, you know, to see him calling was, wasn't a thought, you know, like something was wrong. I answered, it was to hear his voice screaming and, and, um, yelling Brianna's name was so crazy and it instantly made me jump up because I, I had been laying down and I'm like what's going on and, and Kenny's uh yelling Bree's name like Bree hold on um and he says somebody kicked in the door and shot Bree and um I'm like what what are you talking about what do you mean and he's like, I don't know. And he's like still screaming her name. And and uh, I, I dropped the phone. Like I couldn't believe it. And uh, so by the time I, I scrambled up and found my phone, he wasn't there anymore. Um, so I started calling him back and he wasn't answering. And so I started calling Brianna and she wasn't answering. So. I instantly jump up and throw something on and head to the apartment. And when you got there, what what did you see? What was going on when you got there? When I so when I first arrived to the street, um, you couldn't even get through the street. It looked it like a parade, if you if you will. Um, all you could see was flashing light from the bottom of the street all the way up into to the apartment, which was at least a half a mile. And all you see is lights flashing, but there's an officer at the end of the road. And so I, um, I tell her I needed to get through there if something was going on with my daughter and I needed to see what was going on. Um, she tells me that I needed to get to the hospital she said that uh, two ambulance had went through and, um, and so that I needed to be headed to the hospital. And 
So of course I do, I, I head there. And um, so I get, get to the hospital and of course I tell them why I'm there. And so they say, well, she's not here. She's not here yet. And, and so I sit and I wait. Um, an hour goes past and I, you know, I say something again. And so they check and she comes back and she's like, no, she's not here. So about another hour goes by. She comes back and says, well, ma'am, we don't, we haven't even got a car that this person is on the way. And, um, I, it, like, I couldn't believe it. So I knew something was wrong and that I needed to go back to, uh, the apartment and so I did and so by this time I'm able to get closer to the apartment the streets freed up a little bit and I actually get down into the apartment and so when I get there there's a bunch of officers kind of standing around shooting the shit kind of laughing and whatever else and so I, I come running up and you know the officer's like hold on what's going on and I'm like I need to get in there I'm looking for my daughter and so the officer tells me to hang tight that a detective is going to come over and talk to me and so I wait um which was forever again so um finally the, there's a uh, detective who does come over to talk to me and I explained to him who I was and and what was going on I needed to get in there and so he um asked me at that time if I knew anybody who would want to hurt Brianna or Keith um which was just insane you know um and I'm like no like no neither like hurt them for that what you know and he's like well I'm not sure I'm just asking so um he tells me to hold on a little bit. And so he comes back and he asks me if Brianna and Kenny had um, had been having any problems. So I say to him, uh, where, you know, where's Kenny? Because I'm like, are you insinuating Kenny did something to her? Like, where's Kenny? I need to talk to Kenny. And so he says that Kenny is at um, one of our offices trying to help us figure out what had happened there uh so um then of course we wait again uh so now by this time it's probably four something in the morning and it's freezing outside um so we and at this time like I, of course I wasn't even properly dressed to be standing on the cold because I jumped up and left so I, we leave for a minute to go back and get coat jackets and whatnot. Um, so we're not gone very long, but we come right back, of course. And so we're just, you know, standing out there waiting and waiting and waiting and nobody's trying to talk to us or tell us anything. So about 11.30, um, the detective comes back over and says, um, He says, we're almost done. Um, we'll be wrapping up soon and we'll be able to let you um, let you guys in. So I said, can I ask you a question? And um, I said, when I was when I first got here, the officer said that there were two 
off two ambulance that went through what you know why was there two ambulance and so he said that an officer was shot and I said well what happened why was an officer shot he said that the officer was responding to what had happened there um and and that they were still trying to figure out exactly what that was and so finally um like by this time I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm screaming at him like where is Brianna why won't you tell me where she is and he just looks at me and says uh well ma'am she's still in the apartment and so by that reaction I knew what that meant so they had you waiting around like they send you to a, a ho to a um hospital you wait around there then you come back and you wait around in the cold before they finally decide to tell you what happened to your daughter like this how long did this sounds like this went on for what 12 hours or more yeah absolutely over 12 hours and so actually and well all he said was that she was still in the apartment so he never um really said what had happened to her it wasn't until so we finally get into well first of all i i started to you know i, I said well i want to see her i need to see what's going on and, and so he said well we can't um let you see her and i was like well what do you mean like how do you know it's her and he said well we've identified her through paperwork and i said well how do you know it's her there's two women that live there and so he says, well, what do you mean? And I said, um, there's another girl that lives there. My, you know, my other daughter lives there, but I, I knew she wasn't home at the time. She had just went out of town. But um, I said, because I, I need to see Brianna, I need to see what's going on. Um, but they, they won't let us see us, see her. And so it was about, Two o'clock when they found one between one thirty and two when they finally left and we were able to get into the apartment. But of course, by then they had snuck Brianna out another way, and so we we never saw her. We never knew what was going on. And of course, by then I'm not like I don't stay around the apartment. This it's just terrible. Um, we I leave and I go to my sister's house. Um, and then when we get there, of course there's just people there and, but you can hear the TV playing. And on the TV, it says that, um, that an officer was shot, something about he was shot. He was in a shootout with a young, a young lady, something of, in a shootout with her and, um, while he was serving a narcotics warrant, which made no sense in the world to me because, hey, I was just over here for 12 plus hours and no one never once said that to me. Um, so I, I it, before we left, the detective had given me a card. So I started calling him and leaving messages, but of course he never um, answers or returns my call. So no one ever really has the decency to say, ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your daughter uh, has passed away. Like you, you never got that from any of them. No, never. And when did you find out exactly what happened? Because obviously it sounds like the cover up started 
immediately, right? So, well, do you know anybody that won't want to hurt them? Or this officer was just responding to what was going on. So how long was it before you really got us really, really got the truth about what happened on that night? Um, when I started to learn anything was by Tuesday, because by then I hired an attorney because this happened on Friday morning and I still hadn't talked to the detective or any other officer for that matter. So by then I'm pissed off because nobody's telling me what's going on. Nobody's returning my call. Nobody's saying anything. And I have no answers, but I have no daughter either. And so I go and get an attorney. And, um, and so they start to um, find out what was going on. We were like, yeah. That's how I first learned anything of why they were there or what was going on or any of that. And as this, you know, went on, and I know it has to be hard to, to you know, relive it. Um, it's hard for me just to hear it, you know, that they didn't even have the decency to say, I'm sorry, but your daughter uh, is gone. I mean, um, you know, hearing it firsthand, you know, we, we see it on the news and what we heard on the news, um, but nothing like hearing you recount um, that day and what that was like for you. Um, when did they start uh, trying to make this, oh, Brianna was affiliated with this guy, right? Wasn't that the story who used to be her boyfriend yeah. and that's who they were looking for? When did they start all of that? Was it right away that they kind of started with that narrative? Or when did, when did they begin to try and make Brianna, oh, it, it was something she was into? Uh, it seemed to me immediately because it instantly, well, first of all, once this thing went on about the shootout and then the attorneys apparently got got a hold of them and, and what was going on, then it was, oh, well, they were there looking for this guy, but it turns out they had raided another place earlier that night, a little bit before them even going into Brianna's house and they already had him in custody. And so, um, which was another thing that they never said or brought up or any of this. So um, then they, it instantly went into, well, they were there, uh, that Brianna was not a person of interest, but they were there looking for drugs or money. Um, there was, several different warrants they had uh, this night, none of which had Brianna's name on it um, until a few months later, they produced another one that they clearly made up or whatever the hell um, that adds her name into it. But, but by then we already learned that they were never supposed to be there, that she was never a person of interest. and they uh to get the warrant to begin with they got on a lie they you, you lied under oath about um there being suspicious that the post office said that there were suspicious packages going there and when in fact that the general came forward and stated that 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 wasn't true that they never said that and in fact when they were asked to look into their 
uh, asked to look into their months later that they had already told them that there was no suspicious activity going in or packages. And so that him, them lying to obtain that first one sent this whole thing spiraling out of control. And I, I, I was one question I knew I wanted to really ask when I had the chance to, if I had the chance to speak to you was um, how long it took to get the momentum behind it. And uh, what was that like for you to, you know, really trying to get, because you got a lawyer right away, you're trying to get it out, you know, to find out what happened to your daughter. But it was several months before at least I know that I heard, you know, like you, you heard some rumblings, there were maybe a couple of articles, but the swell of, you know, say her name, it took a while before it kind of made it into the mainstream. How hard was it for you to get it there? And what do you think made the difference so that finally people were talking about what happened to your daughter? Um, it was, first of all, it was extremely hard. It was this thing, COVID was starting. So people were like fixated on the COVID, what, what was going on with COVID. And especially here, when this thing first aired, they made it as if it was just another freaking thing going, going wrong with a drug dealer. So people didn't really know what had happened. Like they, they vaguely heard this story and it was over. Um, it wasn't until we all watched George Floyd die on camera that people started to say Brianna's name and, and figure out what had happened to her. Because in the, you know, of course at that time we were still me, my friends and family were still continuously saying her name and putting her story out there. And so it wasn't until all of a sudden, you know, we see this thing happen to George Floyd and then people were finally starting to see the story about Brianna. And, and that's, and so it was that day that George lost his life. And as, and I know that had to be what, that was two or three months after Brianna uh, was murdered. And so you're suffering, trying to get it out. What was it like when you started to see that people were taking note of what happened to your daughter? And how do you think that that notoriety that, that you know, began to kind of swell up helped you to really expose what they were doing and the way they were trying to cover it up? Um. I definitely think it played a major role in, in, in getting attention to her case because it was then that now people were angry about what, what had happened in their own city and that they didn't realize that that's what had happened, that they vaguely heard one story and to find out that none of those things that they heard were true. So it was then that people started to take to the street here in Louisville. And then so people were starting to make noise and, 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 and starting to make this corrupt system very uncomfortable and so I, I definitely don't think that uh without that that um people would have ever learned what had happened to them you know yes I've thought about that as well you know the number of cases because people went back I mean years right looking at stuff that hey we've been trying to tell you guys this was going on I mean they went back quite a while and I wonder what it would have been like for you uh, if the police had been allowed to continue that narrative and you didn't have the groundswell after what happened to George Floyd. Uh, you know, because like I had never even heard of a no knock warrant. Like 
you 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 don't have you you don't knock you just bust the door down in plain clothes right and that how it happened they just yeah absolutely in plain clothes and mind you and, and and never announce who you are because even from the moment that when Kenny called me I was on the phone with Kenny for several moments and I never once heard the police you never heard them say their name you never heard them say anything you know um so if you don't know who's there you don't know you know they're in the house and they the door flies off the hinges and he lets off a shot with a gun that's legally owned and you know it just was a shit show from the very beginning and, and the cover-up and, and if they had it their way they wouldn't have they never intended to leave anybody alive in that apartment. Kenny shot one time and they returned fire with 33 bullets, enough to hear the neighbors, enough for the neighbors to hear them say, reload and do what you got to do. Like you had no regard for anybody's life in there. And I, I thought it was interesting. What do you think they were trying to do by asking you? Uh, do you know anybody who would want to hurt them? Like, I, we all know what, I mean, at least at that time, they were fully aware of what went down. So do you think it was maybe to redirect your attention to, you know, from what was really going on there? Like, what do you think was behind that? I just th thought that was an interesting thing to ask you. Do you know anybody who would want to hurt them? Absolutely. I, I think the, to begin with, that they wanted to make this as if somebody else had did this. Um, and if, if I would have accepted that story, they would have been perfectly fine with that because they let me leave there thinking that somebody else did this, that it had not. You let me think an officer came there as if he was there to help and, and he was hurt. You may, you know, so it was, it was insane. Like it was to see the limps that they were willing to go through from the very beginning to cover it up was heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, heartbreaking as I learned more about her story. And um, I think sometimes you can tell me what you think that we forget, you know, I've done a couple of podcast episodes where I've talked to young ladies who have been uh, terrorized by the police. I think sometimes in the beginning, it seemed to be our black men that this was happening to. Um, but more and more, we see it happening to our women as well. And so do you think that's the case too? A lot of times we think it's just the, the men that it's happening to. Do you see that that is also happening to our black girls as well? It's absolutely happening. And it's crazy because before Brianna, you know, of course we heard about Sandra Bland and a little bit about uh, Korean names at the time, but to be in this position now to have encountered so many other mothers, it's unreal how many women this has happened to that people never know their name. They never know their story. And it's simply swept under a rug because it's just a woman, a black woman. And, and so she's shown no regard and no, nobody, it's as if it never happened because we're so busy watching it and, and expecting it to happen to our our men that we're overlooking it happening to the women. And I know that not only is it happening, you know, to our community as as a whole, but as a mom who's been through it, what has it been like to meet? I know you've probably had the opportunity to meet several other moms 
that are going through the same thing you're going through. What has that been like for you meeting them and being a part of this group that you never really wanted to be a part of? It's a blessing and a curse. Um, the blessing being that there's somebody out there who knows exactly how you feel and you don't have to explain it to them and you don't have to hide it from them and you don't have to, you can simply sit in a room with somebody and not ever have to say a word and they completely understand what it is that you feel. Um, it's a curse that you learn that enough mother is even having to deal with. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that, you know, feeling the love because they understand, but who wants to be a part of that club, you know? Um, so I know it has to be very, I've seen a lot of you, the support that you give to one another. Um, it's powerful, but it has to hurt at the same time because you feel like now we've got another member of this group, right? We're, we're going through this yet again. Um, what do you hope that people will always uh, know about Brianna? What is something that you want people to know about your daughter? She didn't deserve this, that she was not even that type of person. Um, just that she, you know, Brianna was so full of life and, and caring and loving for to anybody and everybody. Uh, Brianna has always been like for us, she's the one person who will, she wants to bring everybody together and she loves on everybody and wants to look, uplift everybody. And she, we got to watch it do for the world. Yeah, to be able for her to make that impact. I know it's, it's horrible that um, she had to lose her life, but I believe that she truly has, I know left a mark for me for sure. Um, I'd heard about Sandra Bland, as you said, and others, but um, for some reason, her story just really got to me. I think it was more the way they were trying to, um, you know, kind of tarnish her name, you know, make it somehow her fault, what had happened instead of just owning up to what they'd done um, really, really impacted me because you didn't see that so much with our black women, at least not publicly. We didn't see it. And how was it for you listening to what they were saying about her, I know like one of the police officers did an interview with Michael Strahan, I believe it was, where, you know, they try to justify some of what they did. How was that for you to have to live and listen to that? It, it's a, a rage comes over you like never before to listen to these people justify their actions, to, to try and make this anybody's fault but their own, to try and... They went to so many lengths to try and the guy that they even was after, they they tried to offer him a deal to name Brianna as an accomplice while after the fact to cover their shit up. And, 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 and thank God that he's a stand up person who wouldn't do it, you know, and, and when he leaked the papers out with his lawyer that they literally tried to offer this man a deal to name Brianna to make this about her, to, to blame her. And, and, and the fact that we, everybody's still sitting around, sitting by as if this system is oh, right and, and nothing's been done. It's, a, it's just pitiful. And, it, and, and until those people are held accountable, they'll continue to do these things. And that was gonna be my next question to you. Where does that part stand in terms of the police officers 
being held accountable. I know that there was a civil suit, um, but money doesn't bring your baby back and it doesn't um, deal with the people who were responsible for her death. So where do things stand with that? Um, of course, the FBI is still investigating. The DOJ is still investigating. Uh, and of course, my attorneys are still working effortlessly to tr get charges brought against these officers. I, I just, I think it's insane to hear so many things go wrong in a case and to realize all the things that they tried to cover up, lied about, and a number of things, and to say, oh, those things are wrong and they're illegal, but nobody does anything about it is insane. And it, it just goes to show how corrupt this system is and, and how far they're willing to go. So, um, of course, uh, we're, we're definitely hoping between the DOJ and the FBI something is done because clearly and, and clearly we had to deal with uh this terrible attorney general who stood in line and never even presented Brianna's case to the uh grand jury so that's another uh heart like a, just another disappointment in this system and I know that you recently a few months back started the a foundation in Brianna's name. And what are you hoping that that foundation will be able to do in the community? What What are you hoping to do through her foundation? Um, so uh, just a number of things. Brianna loves to uplift people and help anybody. So we are uh, trying to put together a program for uh, the youth to keep them out of the streets. We're, we're continuously pushing uh, for reform and, and uh, trying to change these laws that don't work for us. Um, we're also hoping to um, help a number of people to go to, a lot of people don't want to go to college. So a lot of people uh, want to do trades and they're not, uh, you know, they don't quite know how to get into that. And so we're trying to be able to set up resources and, and stuff for that for them as well. And finally, if you um, could say anything to, and, and I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if you've ever had the chance to, to talk, to speak to them directly, but what would you want to say to law enforcement, to the police department um, about not just what happened to your daughter, but about the way, um, you know, the law enforcement in general, not just where you are, deals with people of color. What, what do you want to see them do differently? I want to see them overhaul the whole system. I want them to understand that Black and brown people are not enemies. We are not always wrong. We are not. Some of us are doing the right thing. Some of us are living the right way. And you don't get to judge, even if we weren't. You don't get to be the judge and the jury. And you failed Brianna miserably. You have failed so many other people. And this is not, they're not in a field to continuously fail people. And if they have a problem with that, get out the way. Get out the way. And it's it, that, that job is not for them. Thank you. I can definitely agree with that. It's not for you, right? And I do think that's part of the problem. A lot of times the cover up, even when, you know, George Floyd was killed in the case of your daughter, they want to, oh, but they were doing this wrong or that wrong, which has nothing to do with the fact that you, you know, choked the life out of a man that you knocked down this girl's door, 
you know, with a no knock warrant and didn't announce who you were and then tried to cover all of that up. Um, so thank you for that. I, I definitely would agree with that, that an overhaul um, is needed or work with us so that black and brown people, you know, aren't, aren't afraid of the police. I guess that would be a question too before we wrap up. How, how, you know, when you see a police officer, you know, so they're riding behind you, what kind of feelings do, do that, does it stir up for you? I know I talked to one young lady and you know, after the way she was treated, just a cop behind her, you know, almost really kind of freaks her out. How, how is it for you when you see the police on the street, when, you, uh, when they're behind you and you're in your car? Absolutely. It does freak you out. And it's, it's, it, it's a feeling that comes over you that now you, you are literally sitting, trying to get where you're going and praying to God that this person, that they don't pull you over because you don't know how this is going to end. And even in that, you know, so some of, some people get so nervous that they may jerk the wheel or do any of that. And then they're pulled over for that and, and they're dying. So it, it's, it, it, it's insane to want to go to the grocery store and have to pray that you make it home. Literally pray to God that you make it home, that some officer don't feel the need to wear his badge on his chest that day. Well, Tamika Palmer, I just want to thank you for this. I know that um, it has to be hard because people want to hear your story, but to relive it, I know can be difficult. And so I'm honored that you gave me this opportunity to speak with you today. And I really appreciate you for your time. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. But if there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. Again, that is KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. And until our next episode, be blessed. <laughs>